Is it time to create a photo book? You know, a beautiful bound keepsake that holds all your best images? Let's talk about how you do that on episode 82 of the Shutterbug Life podcast. Welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. If photography is not just something you do, but who you are, this is a place for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your true potential. Let's celebrate the creative photographer's lifestyle with your host, my dad, Linford Morton. Hey there, welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. This is your weekly photography lifestyle podcast, and we're building a lifestyle around creating great pictures, building an audience, and making an impact with our images. I'm your host, Linford Morton. Of course, you can call me Lynn. And in this episode, we delve into creating your own photo book. Today's photographer grows not only by taking great pictures, but by showing them. By by doing the work of photographing a theme or a story or a project of some kind, by curating your own work down to just your best images, and then you stand out and you make an impact when you produce something lasting, something that matters, something like a photo book. That's not too much pressure, is it? In episode 48, I argued that you need a photo blog, somewhere that you publish regularly. Today, I'll talk about why you might want a photo book. And we'll talk about how you create one and how you might use a photo book. When I was growing up, you could always find stacks and stacks of photo albums under our coffee table. As you know, my dad was a photographer and he took tons of pictures of me and my sister and our family as we were growing up. And then my mother would create these photo albums, you know, the kind where you have your your actual pic, physical pictures stuck to this adhesive um, card page, and then you slide this thin piece of plastic over the top that seals the photograph in. We must have had 20 to 30 or more of those, and they'd all be stacked underneath the coffee table book, so if people came over, they could look through the, they could look through the albums that we had there in the living room. And so this is how I remember displaying images early on in my life. Today's photographer has a more sophisticated option. You can create a finished book that goes on top the coffee table. Now, rather than having a collection of all these images, you can now curate your best and uh, put them together in a bound book that presents well and tells your own story. And like traditional coffee table books that of other authors that you might buy and display as a photographer, this is the ultimate way to now show your own work to people who might come by. 
So that's just one way of actually presenting your work in a, in a, in a photo book, in a finished photo book. And that's what we'll talk about today. But first, let's talk about why you might want to create a book. I mean, there, there are many reasons to create your own photo book. And of course, the first is to show off your own or your best images. It's a great way to, to, when, to show someone when they ask, what kind of work do you do? If you are in a studio, your own studio or at your own home or somewhere else, or even you might take it around with you to just hand them a book. And man, a book is the, is sort of the ultimate presentation of your images. And you might just have a, a photo book just for that reason to show off your images to anyone who might be interested. Now, you know we talk about sometimes you might think as as a as a final product you want to create a gallery showing of your best images and if you don't want to go through the trouble of doing the whole gallery showing you might do a photo book as the next best approach but if you do decide to create your own gallery showing a book then becomes a perfect complementary product I remember the first time I went to see the Puller Surprise show at the museum in Washington, D.C. The museum is the Museum of News, and they have this whole section where they have just the images of your just the images of all of the Pulitzer Prize winning photographs of the last 50 plus years. And you go through there and it's just this amazingly emotional experience because you might not realize this, but every Pulitzer Prize winning photograph is really a work of art, but it also is this tremendous storytelling, storytelling image that rips your heart out for many of them. So after going through that the first time, I was so moved, I had to get the book. So you come out of this experience and you go through the gift shop and then there's like, you want to take the exhibit home with you? Here's a book. And I'm like, yes, please. And I'll take the DVD that goes along with it, the making of, and I'll take anything you have because I wanted to take that experience home with me. People who see your work in your gallery showing might want to take the experience home with them. And a photo book is a great way of making that available to them. Now, Another reason you might want to create your own book is because it's the ultimate business card, people will tell you. If you are now in the entrepreneurial phase with your photography, meaning if you are running your own photography business, whether it is by selling to sell your own work, your own art, or if it is to get people to commission you, or if it is to just, you know, get people to book you. A photo book is the ultimate business card. It is a way of presenting your work as a portfolio, but also it's a way of saying, I've arrived. It's the ultimate business card because it not it not only showcases your work, but it also showcases your a bit of credibility 
with your work. So you might want to create a book as the ultimate business card for your business. You might not want to do all that. You might just want it as a way of sharing with your family and friends. It's sort of like a version of what my mom used to have in photo albums underneath our coffee table. My sister did it a different way. And I've talked about this on earlier podcasts where when we go on family vacations together, she would ask us all ask us all to sh- to send her our best images and she would curate the best and and put them together in a book that told the story of a vacation through all of our eyes and it was really and then then she'd ship the copy of the book back out to all of us and when you saw it it was like really just a just a wonderful trip down memory lane and it became something that you really wanted to hang on to because it 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 shared all of our memories of that shared experience uh, you know just for family and friends it's a great way of of remembering remembering key times in your life so that's why you might want and another reason is you might just want to sell it Meaning, you know, you've gone out and you have done this project and you have put together what you feel is a compelling story and you think that there is some value out there in the marketplace. And so you come back from Machu Picchu and you had the ultimate experience and you want to show off your best pictures, but you think, you know what, people who are coming behind me, I have some important uh, experiences to, to share with them. You know, when's the best time to go out? Where's the best place to go? What are the best photo ops? And you might want to put that all together in a book that now has enough value that you think, I'm going to sell this and uh, make some money. So that's another reason you might consider creating your own photo book is because you want to sell it and uh, make some money. Another reason is because you want to share your ideas or your passions. I know when I when I work with nonprofits or or any cause for which I feel passionate, I always think, you know, one of the great ways of of educating people about your mission is to is to get really powerful photographs that really tell your story and put them in a really beautiful photo book that's bound and tells your story that you can leave behind, especially with with people who are high-level donors, or you can sell it to as as a way of raising raising funds for your cause. And I think it's a way of telling stories or 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 creating more awareness because as your people who who donate who are high level donors have this thank you book that you've given them displayed on their own coffee tables in their offices or their businesses or their homes because because they think enough of your cause to invest so significantly and they get this thank you book they're going to want to show and share the story that they believed in enough and what a great way of doing that and it's a way of helping 
them continue to tell your story. It's a way of sharing your ideas or your passions or your mission if you are a mission-based organization. It's a way of sharing your ideas if you feel strongly about a specific cause. The homelessness in New York City, you can use your photographs to really tell that story and put them in a book as a way of now also making that story more impactful. Something you're passionate about. It doesn't have to be a cause. I really, you know, I drive, I'm, I'm a, a car guy and I really love Mustangs and I want to create a book of all my favorite Mustangs that I've photographed. It's again, it's a, it's a great way of showing your passions. You might like Mini Coopers as, you know, one of, you know, our friends in the community does. And, and, and you might have photographed tons and tons of them. And now a book is a great way of showing the best. So these are reasons why you might want to create a a photo, a photo book. But once you've decided to create a photo book, now you've got to think about the content. What will I put in it? And 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 the easy answer is oh I'm going to put my best pictures in there. But but you're going to want to think about it more more strategically than that because it's not just a collection of your best images. You're going to want to get your best images around a specific theme or topic or story. You know, when you go into a, into Barnes and Noble or any of your favorite, um, any of your favorite bookstores and you're so browsing books, you're not browsing books because of the interesting pictures. You're like, what's this book about? What's this book about? And it's usually a specific theme or story that usually gets your interest first. And so you might want to think about what specific theme or topic or story you want to um, center your book around because that will also help you focus it as you start to, to create it. You might want to think about who the audience is. If you are thinking about it, especially in a commercial sense, you remember this, you remember we talked about, I just came back from Machu Picchu and I want to create a book that shows not just my best images, but how I created them. And if you decide to go there, how you might go about preparing for and creating, you know, all of that going into now helps you think about who the audience for this is. Ah, people who who love Machu Picchu, people who want to see great images of Machu Picchu, and people who might be planning on going there themselves and are in a preparation mode. And and when you have a defined audience like that, it also helps if you're thinking about your book commercially, meaning I hope to sell this one day, to now think about how you go back out and uh, market and sell it because you have a really finite and well-defined audience, which makes it much easier to sell. So, and then then you get to think about if you are going down that path, how big is that market? Is it really worth it? Because are there enough people who care enough about this topic to make it worth publishing this book or topic? Well, you know, but if, if you're just doing it for yourself and you're just going to distribute it to the people you come in contact, you know, you don't have to be as rigorous with that um with that with that line of thinking. But you do want to think about what's the story you want to tell with this with your images in this book, or what's the theme, because you're gonna to want to center it around that 
that um, specific story or topic or theme. Now, once you decide on that, you're now you're thinking about the image selection. And again, you're not just thinking of what are my favorite pictures from this trip. You're also thinking about it in terms of now how your the person who reads your book and consumes your book will experience it. They're going to be thumbing pages one at a time in this sort of a linear fashion. And so you are now thinking about images that you can use to tell a complete story or or to move them through a time period or or some way of presenting it from you know from one to the next to the next to the next to the next you're thinking about how the the order and the pacing in which they view your images you're thinking about now c- including enough images to tell a complete story And you're thinking about the order of the pictures so that you create the strongest narrative. You just don't want to pile a bunch of pictures in a book. You want to think about now the order and the story you want to tell. And how do I move them from from beginning to middle to end or however you decide to order your book so that it has the strongest narrative and that it holds their attention throughout the entire book. You want to think about in between the images, how do you provide any background or content or context necessary for for the reader or the audience? Because you know you might say, "Here I am at the bottom of the mountain," and then the next picture has you in the top of the mountain. And is there something in between that happens that is interesting enough that you might want to include it so that the top picture, so that the next picture makes sense to the reader? Because you might not have every picture there. And by the way, if you are now shooting it while thinking about it, it helps you decide on your shot list. What pictures do I need to go back and include because so that the next picture makes sense, you might want to go back and create another shot list and go and and include other images because now you're thinking, okay, this picture doesn't make sense without another one. So then you're thinking about including pictures, enough images to tell a complete story. And if you don't, then you're thinking about, do I need to consider um, writing uh, or or putting putting not just um, images and 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 words, but do I need to have a narrative or storytelling in between that weaves the story beyond or between the photograph? So these are the kinds of things you are going to want to be thinking about. Um, enough images to tell the story, but if if are you going to include text um, with your images to help fill in the gaps? You want to think about production because now that you have okay, now that you have all of the raw, you know, and raw I don't mean raw images. I mean that you now you have all the images that you know that you want to include in the book, and you might have the copy or the words. 
that you want to include in it. Now there, you've got to go through the process of editing. Editing not just the images to make sure all the images shine, but editing down to in, to maybe say, you know, these images, I can cut a lot of these. You gotta, remember we talked about, you've gotta kill your darlings. You've gotta kill some of your babies. So I'm gonna have to now take out some images. Editing in your text, you might need to hire a copy editor to make sure that the that the copy is really tight and that there's not a lot of extra images because you want this to pre be to present in a way that really holds your viewer's attention and keeps it as they go all the way through. And so now you're thinking about the editing of the images, the editing down of the images, the editing of the content. And so now you have really just the best that shines. And now you've going, you're going to have to think about designing it. Now, depending on the way you go when, with production, and we'll talk about this a little later, you'll have some, some options. If you go with one of the self-publishing platforms, many of them will have templates that you can just grab and plop your images in, and it, it could be as simple as just slide the whole batch of images and it lays out the entire book for you in common and beautiful layout options. So you can do that. That's the simplest way of doing it. And then from there, you can go and and really re relay out some pages yourself. You might decide, I really don't like the way it does one page, one image here, maybe a, a quad of four images. I, I, I want to make this just two images and you can go back and change the, the, um, the template yourself so that you, you create your, your, a more custom flow. Because, you know, if you just take exactly the template it gives you, you know, it, it's a template. So with a template, you get something that looks good, but you get something that will probably look like a number of other books out there from other people who have used the same, um, the same platform. And so you want to do some customizing on your book. But for the ultimate custom experience, you might want to hire your own designer. A designer who will start from scratch and really create something that is uniquely you and unique to your book. And if you are, again, going the commercial route, that's probably something you're going to want to consider. Now, how much that costs? Well, you know, that depends. You might want to look at sites where like upwork.com where you can hire your own independent designer and uh, that will you know the cost will vary there i have in the show notes a a guideline from a petapixel article that talks about somebody who actually printed commercially and how much they paid i think they anywhere between 10 to 100 dollars per page was the range they gave so think about that designing. And then, of course, if you're doing that, you want to figure out how you pay for this. And you'll, so you'll, you'll want to consider fundraising options, um, fundraising um, options, or just selling, again, going back to selling it to recoup your costs. And then at that point, you're looking at marketing and production so that um, you are producing it as well. 
Okay, so in your layout options, in your layout, because the, there's design and, and in within design, there are layout options. And if you're doing it yourself, you will see some terminology that you might want to, to, to know, be comfortable and familiar with. The full page bleed means that your, your image goes all the way to the edge of of the page and so that there's so there's no border there this is something you're familiar with if you get prints you know the print when you print an image an eight by ten or five by seven you sort of want it to go all the way to the edge of the photograph rather than having a a, a border that goes around it where they used to do it on a long you know long time ago old school and so full p full full bleed full page bleeds or full bleed I'm all confused now means that on on in your book as you turn the page your image goes all the way to the edge of the page but to create that although it looks like they've printed it to the edge that's not ag- actually how they print it they actually print it by creating a page that's about a quarter inch bigger than the actual finished page that you see in the book. And so you'll have to consider when you're doing your layout, you want to actually lay it out on a page that's about a quarter inch all the way around all four edges, bigger than the finished copy. And so you're going to want your image, your photograph, to to have enough extra space on the edges so that you can run it a quarter inch bigger than and then and then then you're actually be showing it because when they are ready to go into production, they will actually cut it down so that you create a full page full page bleed. So what that means is you're going to want to have enough extra space around all four edges so that you can cut it down to, let's say your final book is 16 by 20. You're going to want to have 16.25 and by 20.25 as the layout version of your image and then cut it down to 16 by 20. Okay. So Keep that in mind if you're actually shooting for full full bleeds. Now you're going to think about it in a two-page layout because lots of times when you, you, we are used to looking at PDFs and Word documents and eBooks in a pay, you know single-page layout, but when you're looking at a book, you're actually experiencing the book and facing pages, a left page and a right page, and so you're going to want to do your layout in that in that format so that you are actually laying it out the way your viewer or your reader will experience it. And then you might consider now, you don't have to put photos on each side of the left and right. Sometimes it might make more impact to put the photograph just on the right side, which is where people are used to experiencing it. And on the left side, you just have your caption or uh, uh, your caption or the words that go along with it, that makes for a pretty good uh, presentation as well with the two-page layout, especially if you're doing a book where you don't have a lot of images or a lot of pages. Let's say you only have 12 images. You can get a still get a 24-page book by doing a layout like that so that it still feels meaty even though you just have 12 images that you want to show in your book. Now, 
when you're doing the layout, remember that you, in a book, you have to have multiples of four pages in a layout. Just the way pagination works in, in production, you have to have your book, you have to think about your book in multiples of four, meaning you've got to do it in four, eight, um, you know, 12, 16, 20, 24, 28. You can do the math. Because if you produce a book with 22 pages, for instance, if you finish and everything you've done says 22 pages, to, to actually create a book, you're going to require 24 pages. And so what they will do is stick to empty white pages in in there somewhere. So when you get your book back, there'll be two empty white pages. Knowing that, you might want to go back and consider how you use those two extra pages. You might want to do, um, you know, this book is in, you know, ded a dedication or something like that, or, or, or a, a short bio, but, but you want to make sure you use up enough pages to be a multiple of four. And then, of course, you remember you want to think about the cover shot. The cover shot, of course, has to be one of the most engaging and inviting pictures of the lot because it's the it's the image that's gonna that will grab your viewer and say, "Pick up this book and open." You want to pick up this book and you want to open this book and you want to look and read the book. And okay, so think about the cover shot of being also representative of the kinds of topic of stories that you will tell in the book because it's almost like a headline it will it will tell it's almost like a promise of this if you open this book this is more of what you can expect to see typically for the for the the best presentation you want a hard cover with the slip around it but you know if you're just doing family vacation pictures you you know maybe a a soft cover book is not a bad option. I used to create uh, yearbooks for my kids when they were younger. I would do, you know, this was the year 2006, but and because it was a yearbook and I I fancied it as a traditional yearbook, uh, like I got back in high school, I made it hard cover, um, hard copy. So you you want to consider what kind of cover you will use. And then finally, you're thinking about how you are publishing it. You have usually two main options. You can self-publish or you can use a publisher. If you self-publish, then, of course, the benefit there is you get to pick yourself. You don't have to w hope for a publisher to choose your book. You pick yourself. And then the other benefit is you have the ultimate control, meaning you get to decide the topic. You get to decide the picture. You, pictures you use. It's all, all your decisions. And uh, you have ultimate control, which, of course, means you end up doing everything yourself and you're ultimately responsible for for everything yourself. So that might be a pro or a con, depending on how you look at it. You take all the risk, meaning if you get, if you create a book that you want to sell and you get a thousand copies and nobody buys it, you eat that. You have total risk. But if you create a book and everybody buys it and everybody wants more, you keep all the profits and you get all the rewards. Um, one of the things you can do is control the risk when you self-publish because you can do a short run digital printing, meaning you can just print 20 copies or 50 copies, or you can do what's called print on demand, meaning you only print when someone 
orders it or you decide you want to give it to someone. So you have that ultimate control with self-publishing. If you use a publisher, um, a publisher is going to you know exert some control. They're going to want to make sure it's the kind of book that people will want to buy because they're going to want to cover their costs and get their money back and may, may even make some money. And so they're going to typically want to see that you have a large following of some kind, meaning a large email list or a large social media imprint. They want to know that there's a built-in audience already ready to buy this book. Now, you might say to yourself, if I've got an audience, why do I need a publisher? Well, a publisher gives you an air of legitimacy and prestige. You know, this is, you know, a book printed by one of the major labels. It, 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 you know, now it says that this book was not just something I just did in my basement, but someone else has put a stamp of credibility onto it. And if you're trying to sell, you know, that might be important to you. You get professional support when you have a publisher, meaning you might think it's a great idea to do photographs of your trip to, you know, the backwoods of wherever you went on your vacation. But the, your publisher might say, I don't think enough people are interested in that to make it commercially viable. And so you have the professional support of somebody who knows what kinds of books are selling to, to, to give you advice on what you, what you might consider as a, as a topic. The other thing is your professional support in that you don't have to worry about Remember I said editing it yourself or editing the pictures or editing the copy or or designing it or doing the layout. They, they will typically take care of all of that for you. And so you've got professional support, but of course you lose some control. And of course, because they're doing that work for you and because they are taking on the risk, you have to share the profits. But it's, again, you, it's, it's a give and take. And of course, you know, if they're printing it, you always get the highest quality. And if you're self-publishing, quite honestly, you might pick an option where the, the, the actual quality might not be as, as, as good as one that you might get from a professional printer or publisher. And then, of course, if you're deciding to publish it yourself, you have a number of options. You know, if you publish it yourself, you always know always know you can sell on Amazon, which is the world's biggest bookseller. And even if you self-publish and you can get it onto, onto Amazon, you still get just a just a small credibility stamp from that. Uh, you have platforms like Blurb.com, which is an online publishing platform where you have just a wide range of options where you can go on and you can design and lay out your book and you can print it and they'll do short run digital um, printing for you. They'll print on demand or you can just, you know, do it for yourself where you just run your own print. You just have a, a wide variety of options. Blurb.com. You have mypublisher.com is another. And there, there are others in that vein where you can go on and uh, use their publishing platform to create and publish your book and uh, really control all all of the variety of options you will have in both laying out and printing and designing and deciding what the final copy of the actual physical book will look like. I, I got mine when I did it through through my Apple product. You know, I use Apple 
aperture when I'm editing and there's an option there that lets you create a book. And so I just did it right within, you know, the same um, structure. If you had iPhoto back in the day, you could create books there too. And so depending on where you edit and uh, lay out and do your post-production, you might have the option of doing that as well. You have an option called a vanity publisher. And a vanity publisher will do all of the traditional roles that a typical publisher, um, uh, an authorized publisher would. But the the difference is you will will pay them. And so they package all the services for you, um, editing, uh, editing, layout, design, um, producing the actual book. They package all of those services for you. And uh, then give you just the one bill that, you know, you pay, for instance, I'll just pull a number out of the air, $10,000, and they will produce the book for you and give you 100 copies. It's called vanity publishing because, because you now, with a, with a, a typical publisher, you've got to write a pitch and sell them on whether or not they should publish your book. But with a vanity publisher, if you show up with enough money, they will publish any book you want. And so, and then the other thing is with a, with a publisher, because they want to get their money back. In many cases, you can sort of depend on them to do some, uh, you know, basic level marketing and promotion of your book with the vanity publisher, they've already got their money. And so their incentive for doing any marketing and promotion is already gone because they've already been paid. And so you pretty much have to know that you will, you will carry the, the weight of all that work yourself. And of course, of course, these days you can always use a Kickstarter for your book. And I think I saw, if I remember correctly, when Matthew Jordan Smith did his uh, future president's book a couple of years ago, he used the Kickstarter to fund it. And what that basically means is you're going to create a video talking about your book and you're going to get people to prepay for the book. And then they will typically get um, some benefit, like, like maybe they'll get the book as as early investors you they'll get the book at a at a discount from what most people have, will have to pay when the book is finally produced and so any sort of a, a crowdfunding like kickstarter can be a way of you know getting money to produce your book and pay for it up front especially if you think it has commercial appeal and of course if you're just doing it for yourself and for your friends and family you can do a lot of these at your average camera store now. They will produce books for you or even your drugstore option. If your local CVS or Walgreens, if they have a one-hour photo, they probably do books. Although I'm going to caution in, in terms of the quality. I've seen some of those books coming from some of them and uh, um, it's not the best way to present your work. If you don't really care, if you just want to show, you know, put your, um, show your vacation pictures, but if you're listening to this podcast, you care. And so I'm going to say, you might not want to do that. You might consider, uh, professional printers online, like mpix.com, um, something in in that vein they will also do books as well and uh, you know that you will get a quality product from them so lots of options there 
So, you know, there's nothing like holding the hard copy of a book of your images. And it's one of the most beautiful ways of presenting your work. I remember uh, 10 years ago when I was doing portraits and I I would go to see potential clients or or models or anyone else. And and I wanted to show them my work. I would I had a book that I had printed which was really folk, uh, functioned as a portfolio, you know, so where you take the big portfolio. Mine was just a finished book. And I just found that when I handed that, that hardcover book with full page bleeds edge to edge of my best images as they scroll through the book, and I'm sitting there watching them experiencing it, you can just tell that in addition to experiencing your photographs, experiencing it in a book just was just an extra i think just an extra presentation gave you extra extra presentation points and they looked at that and and that also made them go wow and it it helped with sealing the deal and i think many a pitch for me so that's it this is how you might create a book this is why you might create a book and some of the things you might think about and i'm wondering have you created a photo book of it uh, for yourself tell me about it in the comments and if not are you considering creating a photo book and if so what options are you choosing i'm interested in hearing about what you might be working on Hi, this is Len from ShutterbugLife.com. I am in Herald Square right now in Manhattan in the middle of New York City, and this is where we'll be kicking off our three-day photography workshop, Fall Photography in the Big Apple. Now, this is going to be a very cool three-day workshop because we're going to see a lot of New York City, and we're going to get to learn, do a lot of photography um, workshops and principles along the way. We're going to be in uh, or just across the city in general because... We will be down in Brooklyn. We will be in Chinatown. We will be in Central Park. We will be in the Lower Manhattan Financial District. We will be in Midtown Manhattan. We'll go uptown to Harlem. And throughout all of this, you will learn architectural photography. We'll do black and white photography. We'll do the fall colors for um, another lesson. We will uh, do street photography. And, of course, we will do long exposure and night photography. Now, throughout this time, you will have two photo instructors always nearby and always ready to help you. I'll be there, and my partner in crime, Steve Rosenbach, who has the encyclopedia-like knowledge of every photogenic place in New York City, I swear. But... We'll both be always nearby to help you. Now, here's the cool thing. At the end of the three days, we will do a half-day session where you can download your images, show us your best, or the ones that challenge you and get feedback on all your images. You get all that over the course of three days. It will be October 27 to 30. And if you want more information, just go to shutabublife.com forward slash nyc i'm pretty sure there's a link below if 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 i know my tendencies you should have a link below and it'll take you right there and you can see um learn more about it and if you have more questions we'll be happy to answer them but it will be three days uh in new york city 
um, seeing so much and learning. It's going to be a fun time. I'd love for you to come on out and join us. Thanks for sharing another episode of the Shutterbook Life podcast with me. I'm so glad that you were here as we talked about creating your own photo books. And I'm, I'm hoping to hear from you and whether or not this is something you've done or you are thinking about doing. Hey, uh, thank you for being a listener of the podcast. I, I really appreciate you and I appreciate the fact that you make time to listen to this podcast on a regular basis. Now, if you know someone else who might benefit from the podcast, please share it with them. Send them this episode if you know someone who might benefit from learning more about the uh, about creating a photo book. Or just generally speaking, you can send them to shutabooklife.com. If you are new here, make sure you don't miss any future episodes going by going to shutabooklife.com forward slash subscribe and uh, dropping your name and email in there so that whenever a new episode comes out or any fun thing we, we are creating, you are notified about it first. Speaking of fun new things, this week I'm going to start my Facebook Live daily show. I'm calling it F2 because it's Facebook Live at 2 p.m. is when I will go live each day three to five minutes-ish of uh, a photography tip or insight or just an answer to your questions. Learn more about it at shutabooklife.com forward slash F2, and that will get you a link to the uh, the Facebook Live page where you can see the daily episodes. And follow along live if you can. Take a break in the middle of the day. Learn learn more or, or just be inspired or entertained about your photography. We're going to have a lot of fun there. And then the other thing to know is our Facebook group. Share pictures from wherever you are. Just go to shutabooklife.com. Um, no, sorry. Go to fb.shutabooklife.com. If you want to subscribe on iTunes, it's itunes.shutabooklife.com. And, of course, if you're in Washington, D.C. or New York or New Orleans, I've got photo tours in all those cities. You can find all that on the website. Thank you again for being a part of the community. I am again, I'm just so glad that you are sharing with us and sharing with me as we continue our photography journeys together. So this week, this week, when you get out there and you're shooting, wherever you go, whatever you do, enjoy your should have book life. Take care. Mm-hmm.